Good day, fellas. Welcome back to Uncensored Advice for Men. Happy New Year. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm the host of the show. I'm a fellow dude who's uh, going around, has a lot of questions about life, about relationships, about meaning, about purpose, about work and identity. All these questions that we have as men, um, I go and I ask people. I ask them their advice. And then I record the conversations <laughs> and I share them with you guys. So you guys are heading on over to uncensoredadviceformen.com, asking your questions and then, you know, giving me feedback, you know. Uh, so on today's show, we have a, a guy that I've known for probably three or four years. Uh, we did a, a podcast interview with him on one of my other syndicated shows. And uh, he was uh, a guy who walked me through uh, uh, an exercise a long time ago, but he was the first one to ever make me cry <laughs> on a podcast. Dudes, let's welcome Dr. Robert Puff to the show. Dr. Robert, welcome. Josh, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah. So, uh, you have a podcast yourself. You're, you're in the world of podcasting. Tell us a little bit about your show. It's about happiness. Like you, I've done several, but my main focus is called the Happiness Podcast. And what I've done is my, I feel like kind of my purpose in life is to figure out, you know, what makes life go smoothly. So, you know, I got my PhD in clinical psychology, but I learned there's good there, and but there was a lot that was missing. I thought I saw a lot of people um, learn skills, but they weren't as good as they could be. So I kind of just kept exploring and exploring what really works, no matter what kind of almost like, you know, no matter how bad a day it is, you can still make it a good day. And I kind of traveled the world, kind of learned some advice. And now I share that on my podcast, how to make life work well, kind of no matter what. So, yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a while and you walked me through some, you know, some exercises uh, back Back in 2017, I was going through a really rough time with a, a business partnership, and um, it was really rough on me and my family. But uh, you know, one of the things that you say today, which is the same as you know, then, is no matter what you go through, is how to turn that into a good day. Like, give us some examples of from the people that you've worked with, or maybe some personal examples. Well, I think again, my father probably would be a good example. Um, he actually just passed recently. And he was a really good man, but when I was a when I was younger, about fourteen, he um he lost his job, and you know he was, I, I'm from the Midwest, so in Midwestern terms, he was somewhat successful. Um, I mean, in Midwestern terms, he was better than most of my friends. But then he kind of and he was my hero. And he was just a great guy. Took me fishing, we went hunting, we did a lot of things in nature. Spent a lot of time with me, just a good guy. But then when he lost his job, he really changed. He he wasn't there for me anymore. And so I really saw him kind of go through the steps of getting back on track. And he didn't give up. He just kept saying, okay, I'm off. And it took him about eight years, but because um, that eight years was a real good journey for him. And it was interesting for me. For him, it was um, to kind of get back on track. It was working with the homeless. He ended up working with the homeless. And I think in that sense of realizing that he could still make a difference in the world and didn't have to be about you know being a successful businessman that really helped him transition into you know, life can be okay, you know, whether, you know, they, they spent the rest of their life in a motor home, you know, that's how he just passed, he was living in one, and it was fine, and um, he didn't care, he really enjoyed it, um, so he didn't have the you know, fancy lifestyle at all, but he lived a good life, and he was, everyone loved my father, my father was like a really kind of solid rock type person, a really kind of happy person, and, um, and so I think in life, you know, our world just so much shapes us into we have to do this in order to be happy. We have to do this in order to be successful. And I, I think those are myths. I think what is important is just learning to just enjoy the journey all along the way and realizing that whether we're a rock star or whether we're a janitor, 
they're both very, they're fine reputations because we at our core, you know, if we live life well and we love the people that the universe brings to us, there's just a lot of good in life. And, um, and that good doesn't have to be external. And, and because you're looking for it internally and with a few connections, maybe it's with your wife, maybe it's with your kids, maybe with, with your friends, maybe it's helping the homeless. I think when you make it, just make this day a good day, helping people get better. What I find is that creates a really good foundation. So when we do have the bumps like we've had recently in life, it makes it more solid. We just are steady, we're stabler. We go through those stable times because as men, you know, you and I were talking before we started this, we get so much of our self-esteem through what we do. And, and I, I think that, and I, think I was comparing it to you, like a woman gets her self-esteem often through the way she looks. Well, she's gonna lose her beauty. So that's not something to put a lot of weight on. And I think as men, you know, we can have ups and even if we're successful, you know, you have ups and everyone has ups and downs. So if you don't put too much weight into your career, it's something that you enjoy, you do it well, but at the same sense, you say, when I hit those bumps, I'm going to be okay. And I really focus on living well now and enjoying the things that I have. I think then life goes better because the bumps come and sometimes they come really hard as you know, you and I have talked about. And I think it's important when we get those bumps to say, you know, how do I come out of this? And a lot of times I think it is through service, it's through helping other people and making people's lives better. And it's, um, and, and, it's not, and it's interesting, I did, I was talking with someone earlier about this too. You gotta really separate yourself from the results. You do what you do and you do it well, but you don't worry about if the whole world loves or, or the whole world hates you. I mean, if you're looking for the whole world to love you, I don't know a person that is that person. I mean, everyone has people that enemies that hate them. I, I had the privilege many, many years ago of visiting and meeting Mother Teresa in Calcutta. And, you know, and she had people that really wanted her dead. They didn't like the work that she was doing. They thought it was um, not respectful of their faith. And so, you know, we just can't all be loved by everybody and we can't be liked by everyone. We can't be approved by everyone. If we let go of that, instead we say, okay, this is my life. I have maybe anywhere from 40 to 80 years, 90 years to live. How do I make sure that each day I'm living it well so that when I really do take my last breath, I can say, good life. So, gosh, I could go, let's play a game. Uh, here, here are two avenues. Well, actually, before we even played the game, man, I am so sorry for the loss of your father. I understand how that feels. Terrible. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, us, my audience, we're sorry for, for your loss. Um, that's tough. I apologize. I'm sorry. Um, now maybe onto a, a happy path, right? Um, you get to choose which direction we go. This is, uh, I like to let you lead and I'll, I'll, we'll have some fun with it. So the, the, everyone loves you. You mentioned your father, everyone loved him and in this, the need for, you know, for high approval, right? So that we could go down that route. In, in terms of where does that take you? And then um, the, the second one is the pendulum swing of some men, myself included. When I lost all my money the first time, I've done it multiple times. Uh, I've learned how to make it really well, but <laughs> losing it happens quick. So uh, the pendulum shift from going, I was a full-blooded you know, capitalism to at one point, I just wanted to become a missionary and swing that pendulum to the other side. Which route would you like to go? Pendulum shift or a high approval? uh need for you know that which which way would you like to go doctor um let's do the pendulum shift okay all right so i'll set the stage uh 2000 
uh, early 2000s. I was in real estate. My dad was in construction. I was like, man, if my dad could build it, I could sell it. I became a broker uh, before age 25 and um, started working investment groups, built a bunch of investment home or investment properties, and then uh, did spec homes. The market crashed on me. Uh, and I, I, I suffered that early on because we were doing speculation and I didn't know anything, man. I really didn't. Um, and I went from that to going F it all. Right. Cause uh, you know, I was driving with guys who Lamborghinis and private jets and they had big diamond earrings. And I was like, this is cool. Right. And you know, I wanted a fancy watch and dirt bikes and such. Uh, but when that crashed, I go, F it all. I want to go on a mission trip and then just sell it all, go to Africa. Right. So that pendulum shift for me was, and that was that, you know, that eventually got me into being a, you know, service firefighter paramedic, but I was ready to give it all away, throw it all away, burn it to the ground and just go serve people in Africa or whatever. That pendulum shift for me happened. Do you see that all, you know, happen a lot? And, you know, did you see that in your dad's life and and then in other men's lives? It can, I think, I think it can, because when one thing doesn't work, there's a real tendency to say, well, that didn't work. I'm going to do something completely different. (laughs) We tend to do that. And so I think in life, what we want to do is, is I would recommend, I, I really believe like, you know, kind of sauntering through life goes better. So when the pendulum does swing, you pause. I'm really big into retreats. Just go away for the weekend. Literally, like right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you know you're in that time of like, okay, crisis, something really is tough is going on. Just find a quiet Airbnb, maybe up in the woods, you know, there's somewhere quiet by yourself. And just sit for the weekend and be still. Don't bring books with you. Don't try to figure things out. Definitely leave your phone, you know, in the car, keep it at a distance and just sit. And what I think you'll discover is in that sifting and that quietness, what I have found when we could really just relax and be still, we do better. The tendency is when we do the pendulum swing is, you know, it's, 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 it's too reactive. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, the, the example would be like when you're at a store and the clerk's being, being perhaps rude, a reaction would be to be rude back. You know, a, a pause would be, okay, huh, I don't feel I'm doing anything wrong, and yet they're being rude right now. So I wonder what's going on. And it's funny, I actually, I will do that. I'll say, is everything okay? And they'll say, what, what do you mean? They say, well, I, I, I think you seem upset at me. I'm not sure why, so I just wanted to see if everything was okay. And 90% of the time, they'll tell me that, oh, yeah, you know, my, my boyfriend just broke up with me or the customer before you was really rude or I'm just exhausted having a break all day. And so I think when we can pause and we can look and say, OK, I don't have to necessarily react. I, can, I think what I can do instead is to say, OK, let me take a break and look at what would be good for me to do. Whenever I hit those crises in life, which we all hit, I, I do go on retreat. Literally, I go on retreat. I get away and I just sit still and I've, I always come back with answers. I don't know how to explain it. I just feel that within us, there's an inner guide that's always listening. Now this is going a little far out now, I apologize, but I believe there's an inner guide that really loves to guide us, but we have to listen and we listen by being still. So when we're still, I, I, I just believe in the, in the ability to us to really navigate our cars, our lives well, when we listen, what we tend to do I remember once working with a guy years and years ago and he was younger and he, he broke up with his girlfriend. He did the classic thing was he got drunk for three days to get over it. I thought, well, that's probably not helping you get through what happened, you know? And even my father, he, he, he too, um, 
drank for a while right after he lost his job. And um, again, it wasn't the good choice. And when he stopped drinking and he started um, saying, you know, no, this is not good for me, then he kind of got his swing again. So I do think there's a real tendency in life either to numb it. And even, even the swing can be a numb. The swing is like an overreaction. And it's better to say, let me just pause. Let me just sit. And let me take some time. I mean, you know, um, if you travel, I think you have, Josh, and I'm sure some of the listeners have, around the world, I, one of the countries, not that they're perfect, but one of the countries that I really like is Australia. Because they'll work a career for, say, maybe five, 10 years, and they'll just take off for six months or sometimes two years and just travel the world to readjust. And, 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 and I think those can be really good times for us to say, okay, I've worked really, I mean, I've worked really hard, but do I necessarily need to wait to retirement to slow down? Maybe I can just begin to simplify, change and pause. But I think in that pause, when we pause, the answers that we're looking for are always inside of us and we'll find them. But we gotta not numb ourselves and we have to be still. So my favorite thing that I really encourage people to do when there's a crisis is, you know, obviously be around good people that you love. Um, don't make any impulsive decisions. Those usually don't work out too well. I mean, you can learn from them. Of course, if you do, you do. But more just say, okay, this is what happened. What does that make me feel inside? And what are my options? Now? What are my options that I can do? And I, I believe, I mean, not everyone's going to agree with what I'm going to say right now, but I believe there's always options. It may not be what you expected, but you know, when you kind of say, huh, I can make this work, then we do well. And if you, if you, you know, cause it's men, it's a men's podcast. A lot of men, we take martial arts, you know, along the way, we want to be tough. I remember getting my black belt um, along the way myself. And um, one of the things you learn is, you know, you don't always get so stiff, you know, you got to kind of relax a little bit. So when the punch comes, you can absorb it better. And I, I also remember, um, you know, whether you're a football fan or not, Jerry Rice, you know, was a great receiver, you know, with the 49ers, but he never got injured. He just, you know, he played for years and years and years and didn't get injured. And so we as psychologists interview people like him and say, well, how come you don't get injured? And he'd say, I'd jump up to catch the ball and I would relax. And I know I was going to be hit full force. And it's that relaxation that really helps us when there's a event going on in our life that's tough that helps us to say, okay, I'm going to pause. I'm going to relax. I'm going to take a really good look at it. And then we do better. And it may mean we still may go off to Africa. We still may, you know, get a van and do the van life thing. But at least then it's a decision that we've thought through and made with good reflection. And I think sometimes those are wonderful things to do, but not, not quickly. I think when we make quick decisions, they often are detrimental to our own emotional and psychological health. Yeah. And, and when the pendulum swings for a guy like me, the pendulum swings and in behind it leaves a wake of damage. All right. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, me and a girlfriend broke up. I'm married now. I've been married 11 years. So this is BA before Anna. Right. So, you know, a girlfriend and I would break up and I would swing the other way. I'm never getting married again, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And then I would go, wow, too far. I want to, you know, move towards a committed relationship. And it was always like big, big swings. And in the middle, I got hurt. The, uh, my partners got hurt and the girls that I, I dated got hurt. And, and I just, you know, anytime, and I was in relationships, right. So now was, I, I've learned that. And now that I have daughters and kids, I go, oh my gosh, you know, like I want to show my kids what I did wrong. So that way they don't, you know, they don't have to either have it done to them or do that to others. But you know, that pendulum shift. And then when in capitalism or entrepreneurship is swinging that pendulum, it's okay, fine. I'll go from 
being an entrepreneur to working for the government, big swing, you know, wanted, you know, security and, and the, those were too far for me. What can I do? What kind of safeguards? So you, you said, pause, retreat, be still, take time, right? What kind of safeguards could I put in place to help me not make those pendulum swings because they're costly and they hurt myself and others? Yeah. I don't want to do that. I'm trying to get wiser as I get older. That's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think cultivating more of a, so I'm talking about when there's a crisis. So yeah. I'm, I haven't been in a crisis for quite a while, um, but I still go on retreat once a quarter. I still take a week off on myself once a year. I still meditate an hour and a half every single day. So a lot of it is kind of like what we do is when we're not in crisis, we do cultivate good habits. So for example, you know, um, you know, the way we preclude illness is by taking care of ourselves, correct? So when a crisis comes, the way we handle it well, that we have good things in place. If we're just kind of like what typically happens, particularly for us men, you know, we work really hard and we think, well, the end result will be, you know, if I work really hard, then I'm going to relax at the end. But you're paying a huge price tag to get there. So not much is in place to keep you healthy. So it doesn't take much when you're not healthy. It doesn't take much to push you over that cliff. So, but if every day, all along the way, you're taking care of yourself, when the bumps come, I call it the cliff. You're far away from that cliff, so you don't fall over very easily. And let me use a really good example. My office that I work at is in Newport Beach, California, which is one of the wealthiest communities in the world. So, I mean, I work with people that you guys would know. You're listening to the pilot. Anyways, and, and what you find is, it's interesting, and I don't know everyone in Newport, but I probably knew through, through I've been there for so long that I indirectly know of most people that live in Newport at least how their lives work out. And what happens in Newport, this is very classic. They work really hard for say five to say 20 years, 25 years. And they'll make, they'll sell their company, whatever they have, they may make 5 million to you know $500 million. And you think, wow, they arrived. They're gonna they be made great. It. They made it. And do you know what happens? I'm pretty much categorically, like I can't say every person, but pretty much every person that that happens to within two years, they're a full blown drunk or alcoholic in two years. Really? So, and that's pretty categorical. So we need to make sure that all along the way, we're taking care of ourselves. So physical health is very similar to mental health. So um, again, it's, it's when we take really good care of ourselves, we don't get sick. I've missed one day of work in 35 years. That's a pretty good record. So, you know, um, cause I make sure I, I get enough sleep, I exercise every day, I eat really well and those things work. So I think having things in place, it said we have that tendency, I think as men to say, I'm going to work really hard and then I'm going to relax. And, and then, then I'm again, gonna do you, it. you lose your wife, you lose your kids, you lose everything. And so it's better to say, I'm going to work hard, but I'm also going to enjoy my life. I'm going to have times where it's just, I'm just sitting watching the sunsets metaphorically, you know, the things that I'm being, in, I love being in nature. I love just going for walks, you know, going on, you know, spending time with your partner, just playing games with your kids, just doing things that really cultivate a sense of, yes, I want to provide for them. But what I want to provide is first is make sure I'm okay. And I'm going to be okay as if every, this here's the really the secret kind of sauce of it is if we say, I'm going to work, work really hard and then I'll get the end results and I'll be happy. That's uh, if, Bumps come along the way. One, it's going to crash and burn, of course. And if they don't come along the way, you're going to end up with the people I know and it being drunk or an alcoholic in, in two years after you retire. So yeah. neither picture looks very good. Now, yeah. instead, 
if you say, hey, guess what? I'm going to enjoy what I do all on the way, taking breaks, making sure I'm doing what I like, excited about it, never killing myself. I'll still plug away at it, but I'll keep, I'll keep working at it. Then when the bumps come, you don't care. It's like, oh, you know, oh well, something different. I mean, it still won't it'll affect you, but it won't be like, it won't push you over the edge where it's like, you know, you overreact, you do the pendulum swing, you have collateral damage because you've done so much, you know, hurt to other people. Instead you say, oh, I now can handle this because I'm okay. But when we put all that eggs in the one basket, it, it, it will crash and burn. And we don't want to do that because the one thing pretty much all of us are going to face is some form of retirement. You know, if we do it well, we'll probably work, you know, well until the, the day we die and we'll do things at a lesser pace. But if it's like our goal is just to retire, get a mobile home, motor home and travel, we may find that that may not be as exciting as we think it may. Again, I think a lot of times those things turn to addiction. So it's better to say, I'm doing what I love. I'm going to keep doing it to the day I die. I'm going to do it well. I mean, think of, I mean, whether you like these people or not, it's kind of irrelevant, but think of like the popes that have lived, worked to the day they die. Think of like, I mean, whether you like them or not, I mean, our current president, our next president, they're both older men and they're still working, you know? Think about, um, I mean, Jimmy Carter, again, whether you like him or not, isn't relevant. The man gets up every day in his nineties and goes to work every day through Habitat with Humanity. So it's good to have purpose in life and it's good to saunter through life. I call it sauntering. So if you like fishing, make sure you're fishing. If you like, you know, playing cards, make sure you're playing cards. If you like traveling, make sure you're traveling. Don't wait to someday I'll do that. That is a crash course for pain. And it would be better for you to say, well, Dr. Bob, I need to put my kids through college. Guess what? It'd be better for them to get loans and do some of it themselves so that they have a dad. When it's over, dad was happy. He didn't sacrifice everything. We have the tendency to think, tendency to think that we'll sacrifice and everything will be good. But if you think about it, most men that actually end up being somewhat successful, usually they came from more of an impoverished background because it's like that motivates them to do it. So if we kind of give everything to our kids, again, let me share another story to kind of validate that point. Again, in Newport, um, there's some of these parents kind of feel guilty. So what they do is they create a trust fund because they have a lot of money. So I'm going to create a trust fund for my kid. And, um, and it can be a lot. I knew one guy gets, gets $800,000 a year, you know, every year, the rest of his life. <laughs> and, you know, and you think, well, that would be great. Again, their lives would be wonderful, right? It's not. Again, most of them will end up being alcoholic or drug addicts within a few years. Almost all of them. So Why? That they got is, everything, right? Yeah. 800K. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So it just doesn't work. And so I think if you really, if you kind of look in it, and you may say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Dr. Prop. I say, pick up People Magazine. People Magazine will validate what I say. Just look how their lives are on. There are examples of people that do really well that are successful, but you'll find that their success isn't that important to them. They don't identify with their success. The most successful people in Hollywood keep a very modest life. I mean, their lives are very low key. They're not, they don't poverty crazy. They're more like, I just live my life. I'm a dad, I'm a mom, I'm, I'm a worker. And that's what I do. I'm like, come on. It yeah. works better that way. Yeah. All right. So we came, we came circle into this. Uh, how, how are you on time? Can we go a few more minutes? Yep, yep. Okay. So we're actually going to the, that fork in the road again, where it's the, this approval, right? Um, I'm driven and I found recently that I'm driven by high need for approval. I grew up being most popular kid in the high school, right? They, they put a crown on me. This how, how embarrassing is this? They, they stand me in the middle of an auditorium, me and my girlfriend, they put a crown on me and they say, you now are the King. I'm like, this is so dumb. We left early, but like, you know, like, but there was still something in me that really, really liked that. 
And, you know, as I was going through school and as I was going into, you know, work and such, I, I liked being admired by people, respected, revered, whatever, whatever the words are. I'm not good with words, but, um, it wasn't until maybe this year or a little bit before is we had to, you know, I, I made some public, you know, failures in business and we, we lost our money. We had to go bankrupt. We had, you know, I, I had a big following and we had to close things down because I couldn't even afford to, to keep paying for a podcast at 20 bucks a month. Right. We went through some really hard times and uh, that was really tough for me. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that I don't swing the pendulum the other way and go like, fuck it all, you know, burn everybody, you know, like, you know, and I, I really had to, to pause and it took me all of 2020 to pause and go, why am I pushing so hard to be successful? And I think for a long time, it was, I wanted people to respect me and think I was important through what I built, how much money I had. Oh, you worked with venture capital or billionaires, or you did this or that. And I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to, and at the expense of, <laughs> you know, actually doing it and doing it well. Um, what, what could, what could I do? And I, I'm trying to learn this now, but what could I do to know these things about myself, right? For that high need for approval was actually causing the opposite effect in happiness. And, and you mentioned people will retire. These people, these famous people, you know, are actually unhappy or whatever. So what could I do to maybe check that in my heart of going, what is actually driving me? And, and, and find that true Josh, that happiness in, in me, who I am, and not worry so much about what other people think. How do I get there, man? That's my next yeah. growth stage, I think. It's a great question. Um, I think part of it would be, you know, making sure you're doing what you're passionate about. So there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you and I are similar. We both like to help people. We like to kind of be on stage metaphorically. We like to say, I love speaking. I enjoy it very much. But it's a sense of like uh, before kind of podcast got created, I've been doing this for a really long time. And there, were, there, were, there was a radio interviews and I did a lot of radio and TV interviews, tons and tons and tons of them. I mean, th thousands, literally. And um, I remember sometimes I'd be on there and there was, there was some, there were, there were literally like millions of listeners. And other times I'm absolutely sure that the only people listening were the people in, in, the, in the studio. <laughs> Very convinced of that. And yeah. so, so though I love doing it, that was the focus. And of course, there's more kind of thrills and excitement when more people listen. That's fun. But the key of it is because I like doing it so much, whether it was one or whether it was, you know, a million, it doesn't really matter. So what you want to do is you say, I, yes, it's fun, of course, to get that approval. It's fun to, you know, you know, fill in the blank, whatever that award may be. But it's better to say, but I don't need that. That's more like the dessert of life. The desserts are great. I love desserts. I have a very sweet tooth. Um, as many of us do, but we don't need dessert to sustain ourselves. It's more like, wow, I just got this award. Wow, I got this great email. Wow, I got, you know, the, my, my numbers on my podcast went to this level. That's awesome. But you say, yep, that's that. But I'm enjoying what I'm doing so much that whether the whole world loves it or no one's looking, it's still okay. So a lot of it is, is one, it's twofold. One is when you're doing it, you really be careful of saying, I can celebrate the successes, but not too long. You don't give them too much energy. And the second thing is when you meet other people that maybe aren't as successful, aren't, you know, doing as well in your eyes, you know, be kind towards them. Because if we're kind towards others in our head and mostly in our, almost everything's in our head, then when we are having a bad day or things go awry, we'll be kind towards ourselves. And life at its core 
when it's done successfully is about kindness. And the hardest person we're always on is ourselves. So if we practice being kind towards others, when we see whether the homeless person or the guy that's you know indigent or the person that's you know, looks like he's like you know lives in his parents' basement still and he's twice our age, you say you know, but he's still a person, and I'm gonna get to know him and get to know his heart and and he's okay, you know. And so when we're kind towards others, when we do have a bad day or things don't go well, we'll be kind towards ourselves, and that's mm. the key. All right. So for guys like me who are really tough on myself, really hard on myself, what are some things that I could put into practice, like tactical things that I can do to help me be more kind to myself? So therefore I, I turn that to other people, right? Outwardly. Right. right. Well, the first thing is awareness. It's my favorite word in the universe because we have to first be aware of what we're doing throughout the day. We have to kind of like check in, you, you know, when we talked earlier, I talked a lot about checking in and a lot of it is just observe what am I hearing? And mostly it's in our head. What am I hearing throughout the day? And so if you believe that kindness works better than being critical, I mean, if you can motivate, if you have kids, if you can motivate your kid much better through kindness than through criticism, you probably will motivate yourself the same way. So once you're aware of that, you say, okay, huh? I notice I'm doing this. And just by being aware of it, it will soften it. And then what you begin to do is you can come up with, I, I have different techniques. One of them is just come up with a phrase, you know, like a simple one, be like, I'm okay. You know, I'm going to do well. I, I, I'm a nice guy. People like me. I like me. And just simple phrases you can phrase. It really should be something that matters to you. But a phrase that you like, like a mantra, you've probably heard people say mantras. You know, just a phrase throughout the day when you hear that negative talk saying, nope, I'm okay. I'm okay. That's how, that's how we begin to change. We're aware of what we're doing. And then we replace it with something kind. And then I think the bigger factor is also doing kind things to ourselves. So guess what? If we're kind towards a person, if we're doing nice things for a person, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about getting drunk, but like, you know, like, um, again, go being in nature. If you love fishing, going fishing, that example, you things that you really golfing, going golfing. If you're nice towards a person, it's hard to kind of hate them. You know, it's hard to kind of look down on them because you're like, you're being nice. This person being nice. So if you were being nice towards ourselves, we begin to lose that self-hate or that at least that drive that we have to have to do so well. And then we relax. And because one thing that's going to happen is we're going to enjoy the journey far more. We're gonna have fun along the way and it's just gonna go more smoothly. So if we can transition into be aware, replace it with positive things. And what will happen is with time, that will change. So it's Ken, if, you, if your knee-jerk response is to eat candy all day long, you start switching it to celery, and with time you say, oh, celery is cool, I like celery. You know, so it's a replacement. We, we create habits at our core. This is really something very important. At our core, we're very conditioned human beings. There's not good and bad out there. We're just conditioning. So the person who's, you know, like a, a serial killer has been conditioned to do that. If you change the conditioning, he wouldn't do that. The person who is um, a philanthropist has been conditioned to do that. It's our conditioning. So instead of saying, I'm bad, I just have bad conditioning. And if I change my conditioning, I'll be a different person. I think that's really pivotal because we have a, such a tendency to say, there's something wrong with me. There's something bad. Say, no, my conditioning is bad, but I'm not bad. I just need to change my conditioning. And by right now, listening to this podcast, you're changing your conditioning. And then when you start doing, you just really steep yourself in things like, you know, Josh's podcast. So you can say, okay, I get it. This is what works. This is what makes my life successful. And this other stuff that I thought was, and it hasn't been, doesn't. Because, you know, there are people like Josh, like you and I, that really have worked at figuring out what works. And, you know, now we share it and then 
everyone, we kind of pass it on. I learned through other people, as I'm sure you did too. And so we cast it on and then you implement it, but you have to do it. So again, if you know that working out of the gym is good for you, but you never go, it's kind of irrelevant. So you have to, you have to implement it. But the implementation is kind of, I call it steeping. You, ever, you know, you make tea, you put tea bag in a tea bag and that seeps its way out. It's the same way that way with um, what we think about. We steep ourselves in positivity. We steep ourselves in kindness. We say, geez, you know, beating hard on myself is pointless and it doesn't even help. It doesn't make me better. So I'm going to start using the other approach and see if that doesn't go better. Hmm. I like it. So uh, Dr. Robert Puff, where can people go to, where can us guys go if we're like, we need some help. We need some resources. We need to find out you know, how, how to fix some of these areas in our life. Where can we go to connect with you, learn more, buy your programs, join your programs? Where can we go to, to do that? Well, the easiest way, if you just can't remember, if you just talk, type in Dr. Puff or Dr. Robert Puff, I'm going to pop up a lot <laughs> so yeah. for a long time. But my happiness podcast is just happinesspodcast.org. And then my personal website, my professional website is drpuff.com. It's just spelled doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R. P-U-F-F.com. But again, if you just type in Dr. Robert Puff or Dr. Puff, I'm going to pop up. So <laughs> I'm easy to find. <laughs> awesome. Guys in the audience listening in, uh, as always, reach out to our guests and say thank you. And if you do need help, if you're if you're listening to this and you go, I can I can use some help finding, you know, finding that pause in my world or or learning how to become aware, right? Reach out to our guests, say, hey, I could use some help. Uh, let's always say thank you and, and ask for help if you need it, guys. Um, as always, you could head on over to uncensoredadviceformen.com, fill out the, the quick form. You could ask your questions that you guys have and I'll reach out to my, my friends, my family, uh, people that you might know and uh, ask them their advice and share it with you guys. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Happy New Year. And uh, here's to a better year this year than last. Talk to you soon, guys.